You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 23 of the MX Vice Show. We have a great show for you today. Although we haven't got a lot to talk about, we thought we'd do the show anyway. I'm James Burfield of MX Vice, and in the studio with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips. Hello. Hi. And alongside us is Rob from Jukebox Beats. Today's show is brought to you by Talon, and we are pleased to announce after last week's show, Liat, Yoko, Hinson, KYB will also be supporting the show as of next week. So good news, Lewis. Oh, it's great news. Yeah, cool people. Yeah, really good brands. And uh, there's a few more who can come in. We're going to have a maximum of 10, 10 brands because I think that's all we can we can kind of look after. You don't want to piss people off with too much adverts, do you? No, and at the same time, we want to make sure that the brands which are on board, we want to make sure that we can uh, give them as much exposure as possible. Uh, you are right there? Yeah, my cable's really like short today. I don't know why. Yeah, a bit like your temper. It's same as this. I can't get anything in position. Do you actually think you're a little bit touchy? No, not at all. No? No. Okay. Um, I'm just going to brace everybody because this could be quite an aggressive show as I'm not sure what's happened to Lewis. I don't know whether it's road rage or what happened on the way to work this morning, but he's very angry. I'm not angry. I'm fine. Okay. So, Lewis. Yes. Gas gas. Yes. They're back. Yes. And back with a bang. I mean, there wasn't kind of... Okay, plan is, guys, we're going to buy gas gas and we're going to have a bit of a strategy, talk about it a little bit. Nope. We're literally four weeks later, we're going to open up a factory team. Yeah, it was really bad timing as well because it came out like three hours after we did the podcast last week. Yeah. Which is always annoying. But I think everyone knew this was going to happen. It was like heavily rumored. I think the, what was he, the KTM something or another did an interview with some random website and said that uh, Cold Enough would be on a gas gas. So I wonder if that's why the PR came out so quick. But either way, we all knew it was going to happen. And I'm not sure if it's as big news as people make it out to be. Like, it's quite funny, quite a few people on social media and that. But lots of people just basically said, oh, this is Cold Enough's title chances over then. 
when A, it's a KTM, so who cares? It's not going to make a difference. And B, Koldanoff doesn't have title chances anyway. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's a strong <laughs> statement to that's the show. It's not. It's true. Okay. So, like, just these people. Is this because Koldanoff's not looking at this as an opportunity? Wait, what? I thought you said that Koldanoff's an opportunist. Yeah, that isn't what an opportunist is. So you don't think that this is, like, gas, gas, factory team? That's not an opportunity. Like, taking an opportunity of having all these resources. Opportunist as in taking advantage of race situations like injuries and stuff. Okay, so he's an opportunist as in race situations. Yeah, he's been on on good teams forever, so this... Okay. Technically, all he's doing is going back to the factory bike he had 12 months ago. Right. Technically, there's no change. It might be slightly better. I'm actually in the process of interviewing Tim Mathis from Standing Construct because I'm interested to see what's going to change for the team as far as how much of a hold they have on technical support and stuff. Because when um, some other teams in the past have taken factory support from KTM or Gas Gas, they've kind of been a bit restricted with what they can do, what they can touch, what they can change and stuff like that. So, okay, I'm like interested... as in sort of the engine, they can't yeah, take yeah. the engine apart. I'm interested to see how this is, I just don't know how this is going to work because it's Gas Gas. Okay. And Gas Gas shouldn't be an MXGP, so I'm not sure how it's going to work. Okay. Well, interesting uh, interview coming up then with Tim. And I have one, I just have, and there's one other question I put to him. I wonder if this is why he hasn't replied yet. I just want to know if had this gas gas thing come up in August and he found out that he was going to be a factory team in August, if then he would have been able to keep Matt. Ooh, yeah. Because I wonder if that, because the reason was that the budget didn't stretch to three riders and he kind of went out on a limb this year to make it happen and couldn't go out on the same limb next year to make it happen again. But I'm just interested to know if this would have changed things. Wow. Yeah, just think of that. Max Sancy on a factory KTM. Just interested. I don't know if it would have. I don't know if he would have got more. Would he have got more money from KTM for doing this? I guess so. I'm guessing they're not going to want Gas Gas to just... But he already had good support, so maybe they just were like, yeah, here you go. And maybe they were like, we'll call you a factory team, and that's enough because that then gives you more prestige and stuff like that in the paddock. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it would have come with more money. But I want to know. One person has the answers and you're asking the right person. Yeah, he hasn't replied yet though. So no word on MX2. So they're, they're going to run an MXGP team, but no word on MX2. Because yeah, there I, were strong rumours that one of the it's, is it Italian teams were going to go... No, Diga, German. Diga, okay. I think they didn't announce Standing Construct as like a standalone thing. They announced Standing Construct with Enduro, Taddy Blazusiak, and Dakar, Liar, Sands. Sands. Yeah. I feel like if, they're doing an, if they were doing an MX2 team, then it would have come in that PR because there would have been no reason... Not for it not to have been. Unless it's a late deal and they still haven't fully worked it out. Yeah, maybe. I think they could always add to it. Yeah, but at this point, I'd probably lean towards um, no MX2 team. The good thing about this, another two bikes in the paddock. Yeah, but is it? Well, it depends whether the standing construct KTM budget is going to another team. I doubt it is. But it definitely won't be for next year. No. Obviously, the best case scenario here would have been if KTM had taken a team like Hut and Metal and given them gas gas. Because like Ice One, before they were Husqvarna, they were kind of not nothing, but they were floundering a little bit. So then that kind of created another good option for good riders. So it would have been better had they taken a team and turned it into something that riders wouldn't consider to something that they would. So it's kind of like a sideways move as far as the landscape is concerned because, yeah, same two bikes, same two, like nothing's going to change from that perspective. But maybe it will do in the future. But a good team, good resources. Yeah, KGM can afford to lose two bikes because they have got an insane number of bikes on track next year. Between Simpson and Petrov and Gunnix and whoever else. Yep, like, as well as Herlin's Prado and Correa. Yeah, they can afford to chuck a couple of riders away. Yeah. But it, what, if you look at it, they're not doing that. And if technically they've got Coldenoff, Prado, Herlin's and Corolli on factory KTMs in MXGP next year, which is insane. Okay, but just imagine, just imagine... 
that we have 2020 ends at like 2019 with a few injuries and Koldenoff wins on a gas gas and gas gas become world champions in MXGP. Imagine. I just, I feel like people are never going to wrap their heads around this because some people, again, he'll do that. And then some people would be like, oh, wow, I can't believe he did this on a gas gas. And then other people would be like, well, it's KTM. Like, that still says gas gas. Yeah. And people were interested as well to see what the bike looks like. It's just going to be a KTM. They haven't got a motocross bike. There's no base to build on. So they're just going to, I don't even know if it's for sure, but they're obviously just going to take a KTM and put red plastics on it. Wow. There's no, there's no other option. Maybe take a Husqvarna and do it, but yeah. There we go. Yeah. And then Monticelli's obviously there as well, but that's a given. I like Monticelli. That's good for you. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. Good person having the pits. If there is one good, like, okay, this hasn't generated more rides and stuff, but if there's one good thing to come of this, it's that there's another factory team. Yeah. And Stanley Construct was factory supported anyway, but like having another full factory team is good, especially with Suzuki gone and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I just want to know had this happened three months ago, if Max would still be there. That's all I want to know. Yeah. And I've started to wonder if I'm ever going to get my answer. There's a few kind of announcements what are probably going to be coming this week. One of them is Brent Van Donning. Yeah. He's going to be in the British Championship in 2020 and doing selected GPs. Yeah, and that's not exactly what he wants. Like he, was, he was very heavily into GPs. Yeah. But there's nothing there, so what can you do? No. And it's still a good... Like I know Strybos was considering stuff like this, like ADAC British. Like it's still a good little earner. Helps yeah. you keep your career going. But the problem is, in Van Donick's situation, once you leave GPs... Getting back is near impossible. Yeah. Well, so. Valentin Guilla, though, he's, he's proved that you can. Yeah, but he had some help. Yeah, but still. Like, unless he, you can he's bring made that happen. help. Yeah. And I don't know, from what I, well, we know Van Donick wants to get paid, so I'm guessing he doesn't have money or support to offer anyone. Uh, one thing which I am hearing rumors of is that JWR could be under a different brand of bike. Oh, care to expand? Well, it's, it's rumors at the moment, but I believe they have been offered another deal. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. It'll be whether they can get some more resources. But it's sounding really good. So, from what I've heard, uh, the deal looks really, really good for them. That would be a bit of a... Yamaha are in a proper weird, like, yo-yo situation for next year. Because they had... Technically, they had four teams this year. Hutton Metal, Rinaldi, Wilvo, JWR. They lost Rinaldi, and they kind of lost Hutton Metal because that's the MX250 now, so it's yep. not in the same pool. Now gained Gebben. But then, and they also gained an extra rider with Gebben because that has three riders instead of two. Yeah. So then they were kind of back to normal. But then if they lose JWR, that's still going to end up being less Yamahas in MXGP than, yeah. than they have had in the past. But then at the end of the day, they've got six good riders. and Exactly. If, if you're sat there balancing books, you're going to say, well, if we've got six riders who can be in the top 10, why do we need someone who's going to be 16th? Yeah. And you, can't, you literally cannot even come up with an argument for that. No, no, not at all. So um, I think it would be quite nice if they do get another deal. And it sounds like it's, it's, it's nearly there. Yeah, I could see a change of colour on the JWR trucks in 2020. Uh, and another thing, 114 are announcing their riders. And you know this because you're currently writing a PR. Yeah, I'm writing a PR. But um, Oh, speaking of PRs, how's your new job? Oh, it's good. We, yeah. we released our calendar for 2020 over the weekend. Yeah? Yep. Any feedback? Um, I uh, worked hard on the weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, no rest yeah. days. Well, I've noticed that MX Vice is, is going downhill since well, you that's took not the ACU, ACU job. Yep, and if you look at it closely, yeah, the ACU is just skyrocketing yeah that's no coincidence yeah it's just as long as you can sleep at night that's fine yeah that's fine yeah i'll quite happily sleep on the bed of cash yeah 
But is that cash in your pocket or is that good into MX Vice? My lawyers will be in touch. Okay, okay, that's that's good. So, um, just wanted to know. Yeah. Is everything going well with the committee? Yeah, we've actually restructured the ACU, whereas it, it used to stand for Auto Cycle, Cycling Union. Cycle yep. Union? Yeah, Auto Cycle Union, yeah. It now stands for Awesome Clever Union. Oh. So. Wow. Yeah, okay. That was a change that I decided to put in place. Good, good. Yep. Just to give everyone a morale boost, you know. And are there any updates? I mean, we've, the British calendar was released. Yes, we're very happy of our calendar. Okay, and you've got eight rounds? Yep, we have got eight rounds. And four of those are with the Youth Championship. Yep, okay. that's exciting. Yeah, what a great thing about that is uh, there's 200 people around the track straight away, I guess. Yeah, that is actually a little dirty little secret. Like, all the MX Nationals has got so many people. Uh, yeah, it's just all the youth parents. Oh, wow, that's too, too big ones today. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. Wait, it's like a dirty little, just a dirty little secret. Like, let's all, let's all ignore the dirty little secrets. Okay. Let's all sleep on our bed of roses. Okay. Uh... <laughs> What? It's true. I know. Yeah. It's like the Usland thing last week. Try to tell me I'm wrong. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd probably just kind of leave it there. But I didn't want to say it. <laughs> just say it. Oh, wow. No, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's true. Yes. Someone said to me at Landrake, wow, there's so many people here. And I was like, yeah, look at the paddock. There's a load of campers there because all of the 85s and 65s aren't riding at the moment. They're watching. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what you want. But that works because then sponsors still, like people are saying that, but it works because people think it's growing and stuff. Yeah. And to be fair, there probably are a couple more, five or six, that have come to watch, like, whatever. Five yeah. or six hundred. Oh, I thought you meant five or six people. Yes, I'm talking in paraphrasing. Okay. I can't sit here and talk about crazy figures, can I? Okay. So it'd be interesting can to see. It'd be interesting to see what your organization is going to do for possibly TV. Yeah. We're going to because... have. Um, Oh, well, I know what we're doing for TV. That'd be good because I think I speak for the people when we are fed up of waiting three weeks. Yeah, I don't think, I can, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about this. I think it's classified. But okay. you'll be happy of what we are doing. Okay, that's yes. good. Yeah. Is it another idea that I come up with where that it's being ripped off? No. Oh, okay, that's good then. We're actually going to have a round on the moon as well. Oh, yeah. Different. Yeah, taking it to new yeah. levels. Is it sponsored by Elon Musk? Yeah, sure. You don't even know who that is, do you? Not really. Heard of him. <laughs> What's he ever done for me? So, uh, got any more dirty little secrets? Have you, have you got any? Um, How's Brighton? Did you see the guys in the town centre this week? No dirty little secrets there. Um, trying to think if I've got any other little things on my mind. Things that really grind my gears. That could be a new segment coming up, actually, in the next couple of weeks. It's been pitched to a, a, a very good brand. Has it? Yep. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, oh. And it could be a new segment, which is basically not grind my gears, but... Oh, that's um, a good name. Kind of, uh, well, it's from Family Guy. Have you ever seen the episode with Peter Griffin? No. Grind My Gears? No. Well, you need to look at okay. it. It's great. It's not going to be Grind My Gears. Oh. Because it's not a gear company. So it's, it's a possible break company. Would that not kind of work? No, yeah, because well, the whole thing is, it's not Grind My Gears. It's Stop It, as in break, stop it. So. Oh, this has suddenly got a lot less exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. But no, it's true what I say. My dirty little secret is true. What? Oh. Well, just, just tell us what you're trying to get across because I'm so, I kind of understand a little bit, but I don't, I don't really understand. The, the, just, just say it. There were so many photos online of the MX National straight rhythm with loads of fans around it. Yeah. Fair enough. It was a good idea. It was good to see something different. All good things. However, can we just accept that how many riders they have on a weekend? 200? Yeah. All 200 of those riders weren't taking part in straight rhythm. So they were all stood on the fence. Then add on two people with each person, maybe. Oh, what, as in parents? Or... Yep. put them on the fence as well, and now you've got it. Cool. But that's your, that's your meat of the 
what you're seeing there. Yeah. Great. And your championship is... I'm there... expecting to see a lot of fans on the moon, though. Your championship, is there any talks of a new title sponsor? I'm not, I'm not involved in that. Okay. Yeah, not, not that important. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Wow. But when I'm told to write a PR, yeah. I will be on that. Okay, I look forward to seeing that PR go out. Yeah. Did you like my Canada PR? Uh, yep. Did it cause any ripples? Uh, no, it was quite good. Okay. It's great writing. Good. And that obviously, did you want to talk about uh, the great Canada Heights? Oh, that's actually coming up. We've got a question about that. Oh, okay. So we'll leave that to questions. Yeah. But uh, the fans have kind of dictated the show with the questions this week because basically everything we were going to talk about is in the questions. Okay. So, well, one thing I wanted to, to run through with you is for those people who are kind of maybe of, uh, you know, been away, not listened to the show for a few weeks. You recently done on the website uh, a bit of a list of who's where and what. Can we run through it so, so everybody's got an idea of who's on what teams? Um, it's very long. How about you just ask me a couple of questions and then I'll tell you. Because everyone knows he's on KTM. Yeah, so we, we know what the KTM factory so just, teams are. You, you ask me what... You okay, so let's... let's... Some, of the, some of the missing links and I'll tell you. Well, not just missing links, but it'd be quite nice to run through who's, what the changes are, who's going where, what the team structure looks like. because. Ha, they really, they haven't released the OAT list yet. We've no, that'll come out January. January, yeah. Okay, so so Wilvo, they've obviously got three riders now, yep. replacing Ronaldi. Yep. And they are? Oh, no, everyone knows that. I know, let's Paul just run through. Sewer, Work with me here, Lewis. Paul and Sewer and Tonus. Okay. Oh, speaking of Tonus, all year long he told me that he was going to tell me his secret of how he got good yep. and Ch- he's not. in China. And then obviously I went to hospitals and didn't go to China. So I'm now on his case. For him to finally tell me. Yep. Because I've actually had some riders message me as well, tell, telling me what I need to find out because they want to know. Okay. Uh, he's seen my message. But maybe he doesn't want to share that because obviously it went really well. And then it... He told me he was going to share it. Although he, did, he has seen my message and that was 24 hours ago now. So it's wow. not looking good, is it? No, no. But Okay. MX2, Yamaha. Ben and Yago. Okay. Kawasaki, MXGP. Bever and DeSalle. MX2. Parrot, Barame and Moustite. Very good. You want to know what really grinds my gears? Oh. Brahma's social media. Okay, let's talk about it. Well, just, like, do something. Anything? Just anything. Like, we're not going to be mad at you. Just do something. Okay. Because. Thanks for that input. Kawasaki-wise, obviously they've lost Geben. Yeah. So, have they replaced? No, they... they're focusing solely on factory team. So they've got the Sal and Fevre in MXGP, and they've got no other Kawasaki bikes. In MXGP? Yeah. No. So both have just come back from injury. Yes. And both are quite injury prone. Yes. So if both of those riders, I don't, I'm not saying that they will, but maybe have a mishap, what other Kawasaki riders do they have? Uh, Eli Tomac. Do you think that's a wise strategy? There was a little bit of a contingency in place, but that fell through. Yeah. So. Yeah. But if I'm looking at this, that's got to worry me a little bit. I guess you, yeah, but at the same time. Because they've literally, coming off of the season, what they just had with all the injuries, and even the replacement rider, Tommy, then got injured. Surely you would kind of think, okay, maybe this might be worth having a backup plan. At the same time, I guess you just say, when someone brings that up in the boardroom, you just go, we can't think like that. Point with your negative thinking. We're just here to win. Pretty much. And they have got a good chance of winning. Yeah. What do we think DeSalle can do? I think he can do top five. Okay. Yeah, same. And I think last, was it last year he won? Um, Russia. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but Favre, we know he can win. He did this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Honda. I mean, Herlins and Crowley weren't there. Honda. Uh, oh, we're still playing this game. Yep. Geyser and Mitch. MX2? Uh, I can't say. Ah, I nearly had you. <laughs> you, know, you know Monsters, Inc.? Yes. You know Mike Wazowski? Yep. It's going to be a lot of Mike Wazowski jokes from me. Oh, okay. Why has he got one eye? No, literally one of her riders is literally basically called Mike Wazowski. Really? Yeah, so I want a sound drop. I'm just going, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least you know what Monsters, Inc. is. Yeah. That was because it came out of my childhood. Okay, right. Yeah, I forgot about you. You're about the same age as my eldest daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of worrying. Okay, who's Farna? Jonas and Jazakonis. Jazakonis is on a one-year deal. I'm worried for Jazakonis. Are you? Mm-hmm. Olsen's coming up. Yeah. Cute Jaws music. Yeah. Dun-na, dun-na. So it's make or break this year. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even sure how that's going to go. I'm, I'm just a bit concerned for him. But who knows? Any other um, who's Farna teams, MXGP? Uh, A1M, Leox back, RFX, Par, or Par Homes RFX now. And they've got Bob Chef. Bob Chef. I'm surprised Bob Chef's back, to be fair. I thought he was going to retire. Yeah. But still loving life. Yeah. And to be fair, he's got a nice little deal. Yeah. MX2. Uh, what? Husqvarna. Yep. Beaton and Olsen. Beaton's under the radar. No yeah. one's talking about Beaton. But that's because of the injuries mm. and the crashes. I think Beaton can be good. We know Beaton could be good. I think Beaton. Last year for Beaton? Wins a GP. I don't think so. No? No, because he signed a three-year deal. Okay. And it's his second year. Yeah. Beaton wins two GPs next year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He wins... Well, I think he predicted him winning this year. I think he'll, I reckon he'll win in Indonesia. I like that for him. Yeah. The fans love him there, obviously. Home GP and everything. And then he'll win... But it's not... It's, he's not it's close born, enough. Born in, in, yeah, he, close they enough. They have to get a plane. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah. I made a funny joke about, about that this year. Well, okay. Um, you're smiling to yourself, yeah, so... Okay, come on then. Tell us. No, that was it. That was it. Oh, what? That, that was his home, home GP. I was just talking to him and I was like, wow, look at all these fans just loving you. And then all these people were just staring at me confused at what I was doing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Basically, I made that same joke to every Australian rider. Yeah. Mitch got it. Yeah. So. Okay. Are we Should done? we move on to the questions? Because this team list is... Um, this I think I was just, just trying to promote your hard work, what you paid. Um, but... I'll tell you... Let, I'll, let me, I'll just tell you what's... So Actually, no. This is a better way to do it. So... What we're waiting for, Sahol's KTM, we don't know what Max Nagel's doing yet. Okay. I'm not sure if he's going to retire or come back. Yamaha SMX SM Action haven't announced their 450 rider yet. Not sure why, because originally they said it would be announced at the end of October, so we're waiting for that. It's Jacoby. JWR yep. Yamaha Race. What is the whole thing with the contract thing? I don't know, I guess his Kawasaki contract just expires on like November the 31st or something, or January the 1st or something. Bit ridiculous. Well, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? Yeah. JWR, we don't know what they're doing apart from Anton Goal. Yeah, Anton Goal's in. Uh, Boss. Oh, did you see Boss's Facebook post? I did. And did you, I kind of read comments by what? other team managers were saying about it and they're quite right you know at some point I understand the riders are frustrated and and everything else however if you don't support the teams if you don't back the teams and people like Boss disappear okay you know there's two sides to every story in everything you know and but if you do if you do not back these teams and these team owners go basically like look at JWR they probably put 300,000 in this year and I think half the time they didn't even get a thank you or, you know, and everything was just crap. Everything was crap. Even though they literally bankrolled sort of, you know, three riders. And there could be a point where Johan just says, what is the point in this? I'll literally just go and spend 300,000 buy some more Porsches. So you've got to wonder that 
why team managers or why team owners are doing this because they're not earning money out of this. No one's earning money out of it. They're actually just putting their their own money into making this world championship work. So it has to get a point. I understand what people are saying about boss, there's blah, 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 blah. However, there has to be some middle ground where, you know, the, these guys are trying to do their best. Yeah, but at the same time, don't act that shit crazy on social media. Yeah, I've got no defense for that. The reason every other team manager has respect is because they don't act like a loony person. Yeah, I've got, I've got no... Like, when it was announced that Anstey was not going to be on standing construct, Tim Mathis went the correct way about it. He's first and foremost, Max. Yep. Then told Max that he was going to put out a press release saying that Max wouldn't be on the team to make it very clear to everyone that Max needs a ride so no one's, like, everyone knows that he's open. Yep. Then messaged me and said, let's do an interview about that just so I can properly explain that Max is a great guy and, like, it's, if I could keep him, I would and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it was so going to cost him yeah, 200000 So the proper steps to make everything right. Mm-hmm. And hence why Max and Tim have a great relationship and we're sat here with no one's bagging on standing construct or anything like that. Nope. And then you've got the other side of the coin where boss write stuff along the lines of you could not jump a tabletop that was made for an amateur. Is that your French I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't act back shit crazy. More of the story. Okay. Like, what, what more do you want? I preferred the yes one. The what? Yes. Oh. I, and to be fair, I did listen to what Rodriguez said yep. on Mathis's podcast. And I, I spoke to Rodriguez about Boss a lot this year, and he told me what he can say and can't say. Yep. And his interview with Mathis was along the same lines. Like, there was quite a few times where I was like, oh, fair enough. You could have kept going there. Like, oh, because there was a few times where he was talking, I was like, oh, is he going to say that? And he didn't. And I was like, oh, fair enough. Like, yeah. he's obviously knows he's playing it safe. Yeah. But no, that shit crazy come out. And that's a, this is the thing. Do you, do you think there's anything in the, the stuff that they said? No. You're telling me that Rodriguez can't jump a tabletop? Well, that, that did alarm me, but like the whole overweight issue and everything else. Not I, being I fit spoke to Rodriguez. In, in... I didn't, whenever I went up to Rodriguez, he weren't chowing down on a Big Mac or anything, so I ain't got any concerns. But the interesting thing for this is this kind of put Rodriguez in a bad light as well. I think, because... every, no, I don't, cause I think everyone knows that you just ignore what boss say. Really? Yeah, I don't think anyone puts any weight in what they say. Okay. They said, what was it? They said at one GP this year that Tommy was scared in practice, and that's why he was 18th. It's like no one, no one, no one even took back an eyelid. Okay, so you think that they've kind of dug this, dug their own grave to a certain aspect? Like, no one's, no one's believing shit. Okay, there was me just kind of trying to sit on the fence, and um, yeah. well, okay. it's like you got to, like at the end of the day, I think that statement from Boss was bang out of order. Okay. I think there's a professional way to do things. And to be fair, Rodri- okay, Rodriguez maybe could have not talked about boss at all, but he definitely didn't go the whole way and like throw them under a bus. So that's all. Great. Like in boss's thing, on your first day, your boss had doubts about your ability to move forward. What, what does that mean? Was that a doubt in there? Doubt, doubting his ability? Like, that if you're doubting someone's ability... That isn't even anything to do with Rodriguez. Why would you sign him? That's on boss. When you, when you had to skip a table that a league driver would make it whip for fun. So that doesn't even make sense. That league rider. <laughs> I like it when, it's called, when they call the rider pilot. I'm just always like, oh, so close. Okay. Rodriguez is fine. Yeah. I, I back Rodriguez in this. Not, uh, that we, not that we're picking sides, but I don't think that... Rod, I feel like Rodriguez needs a bit of support because he's massively been thrown under the bus. Yeah. I think um, I'd like to see him back in MSGP next year. Yeah, and he, I think he deserves a nod or a look at at least. But... Yeah. I wonder if that's... Uh, I wonder if we'll see somebody like JWR. I don't know. I, just, I feel like there's lots of riders that deserve spots in MXGP, but here we are. Yeah. Is there any riders left on the outside now? Uh, if you say Max is done, which he isn't, and you say Van Donick's done, which he kind of is. Yep. Uh, Strybos. Strybos. Br- Brilikov. Yep. 
we don't know what Nagel's doing, but that's not kind of that's on him. But that's it. That's it. Yeah. There we go. So somehow a messy, silly season's kind of just sorted itself out. Yeah, and everybody's got a ride. Because mm, yeah. we kind of predicted that. Not everyone's got the ride they wanted, but... No, but we predicted with nine or so MX2 riders coming up, people would be fighting for positions. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we're not fighting for positions. They'd be left out in the cold. And that's not happened. So what's quite inter- what's interesting is the MX2 guys coming up have all got... Have all yeah, got like, I'm surprised people like Jacoby seats. and Chervelin and that found rides so easily. Yeah. Jacoby and Chervelin got rides easier than Vlander and like, say, what? And, and why do you think that is? I don't know. Is that connections? Is that the way that the, the perception of them as a rider? I think people like Vlander and Max kind of get trapped somewhere where they're so good that the little teams think that they can't go for them. Yep. Not the little teams, but like the middle teams are like, yep. oh, I won't even try and go for Vlandering because look how good he is. He'll be talking to KRT or someone. So then I think they then look at riders who they consider their level and that's where they kind of sort themselves out. Yeah. That's how I think anyway. I think perception's a lot of it. There we go. Right, let's have a little break. We'll listen to uh, Talon. Yeah. Thank you, Talon, again for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Uh, they're coming actually down to MX Vice HQ this week. So that's pretty cool. So we'll see you in five. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Welcome back, Lewis. I don't know why you're welcoming me back. Uh, you seem happier now, so that's why I'm welcoming the real Lewis Phillips back. The oh. aggressive one seems to have left the building. Oh, right. So nice to see you. And you. Yeah, seeing that you've warmed up to me. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe you don't like me anymore. I don't know what it is. Well, I feel like I'm not going to like you in a minute. Why? Because we're about to do the questions and I'm going to actually call your trump card. Well, I'm going to trump you, make your little joke seem so small, I'm actually going to get ahead of you and tell you that it's stupid and I hope you're not doing it again. So now when you actually go to do it, you're going to feel really stupid and like uncomfortable because I've just already called you out before you started. Uh, you really don't know me very well, do you? Okay. We've got first question. Yep. It's from Masters MX 2013. Okay. Said, if you had a choice between listening to five minutes of crap email names or boiling your head in oil, would you use Putaline or Belray? Uh, I would definitely go with uh, the cool names. They're so, not cool names, yeah. crap names. No, they're, they're, they're good names. A lot of people are very happy with my names. Let me put this in, into perspective for you. Dicks and butts. When um, Kevin Hart, Ricky Gervais, or a comedian of your choice walks on stage, yep. and everyone claps, okay. and then he grabs the mic and he goes, so I was walking down the street the other day, yep. and then an audience member stands up and goes, yeah, we know you're walking down the street, and then this happened, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Ricky Gervais, Kevin Hart, or the comedian of your choice doesn't then go, I know, that's a funny joke, right? Because then the audience member goes, no, you told us last year, like we're bored of it. We're here to see new material. Yeah. They keep coming back with new material rather than the same old, same old. Okay. I'm I'm actually just looking out for you here because... That's fine. And you would know because you're in the comedy club. I'm... I've just got a uh, common sense and a sense of humour. Well, uh, both of those are debatable. Common sense, I've spent seven years with, you know, eight years maybe. Common sense, I'm not entirely sure that's... uh, And I think I'll be backed up here by the rest of MX Vice. Common sense in this regard. Okay. I'm sorry, Masters MX 2013. I'm trying. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah, so um, I've got a question. Okay, you're not actually, I've actually sorted out the questions and done the list. From and Ophelia Bulls. So you've already done that one. 
No, I've not done a few. You've done that one. No, I haven't. That was one of the first ones you did. How do you even remember these? What about stupid ass? That's just not even funny. Okay. That's like that's not even a, really a name. Semen stains. The thing is, you're not actually saying these right either. You're saying these so fast, but you're not saying them like a name. You're oh, saying. Oh, so I should be saying Shara Dick. No, like you're just you're saying them so fast so as if you're just saying the normal words. When you read these, you're meant to say it with a break in between, so it actually sounds like a real name. Oh, like Tara Dick off. And then you like okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to help you, but okay, just as many mistakes been made here. Winker. Nor seven oh one asked how the new gas gas looks. I don't think it's out there yet. The Dakar bike is for some reason, but I expect a KTM with red plastics. Yeah, I can't imagine. Maybe there probably will be a little aesthetic change here, like. Maybe the number plate will have an extra little ridge in it or something. I don't know, but I would be shocked if it's a radically different bike that looks amazing. Tom Grimshaw, 61. Will Gas Gas take off or flop? Uh, take off. Same as who's firing It'll be huge. I feel like, I don't know though, because do you think people will think Gas Gas is cool? It, it was, at one point, it was cool to have a Husqvarna. Yeah. Because it was like, oh yeah, look, I've got a new Husqvarna. It's very cool to have a Husqvarna, yeah. Whereas if you wrap up, if you rock up and roll out a gas gas, yeah. even though it's a KTM, are people going to be like, oh my God, look, he's Ooh, got a gas gas. I love your gas gas. I think it would take, it would do, it would do its job. That is a hot gas gas. I'd be surprised if it overtakes Husqvarna as far as like bikes or practice tracks and stuff, but I think it would do its job and do enough. Mm-hmm. So, Spence OC said anything definite on Anstey. Nathan Locke said what is happening with Anstey. And S. Damien Ick said we need an update on Anstey. I know this is probably message number 16,607. So, tell us what's happened since the podcast show last week. There's nothing to say. He was spotted testing a Star Yamaha at a public track last Thursday. That's all that's known. Nothing nothing is signed. Literally, as soon as something is known, no, not not even known, as soon as something is official or actually happening, then we will have an interview with Max. Until then... There's nothing to say because there is really nothing to say. Like if Max was sat here right now and we said to him, "What are you doing next year?" He'd be like, "Oh, there's not really much to say, really, because there isn't. Like it's not a big secret." Mm-hmm. And I've my finger is on the pulse with this one. Yep. So just trust me. Sit back and trust me. I feel like you're lying a little bit. What? Are my fingers on the pulse. Well, you're very friendly with Max, so you know exactly what's going on. My fingers on the pulse. As soon as there's something to say, I'll say. We'll have an interview with Max as soon as it's possible. <coughs> what? Nothing. Callum McEwen. Yep. 312 said MX2 and MXGP overall podium at Batley. Who will sink and who will swim? Let's hope that uh, those in the car park don't sink. Well, interestingly, Gustavo Pessoa won't be there. Why is that? In, well, how does that even apply? Because he's in Brazil. I know. Why? That isn't literally nothing to do with anything. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read that on MX Twice? Yep, did. Okay, brilliant. Well done. Yeah, you can answer that one. Uh, okay. Herlins. Prado Caroli. I think it might be a whole KTM podium. Fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm you agree with that? that? Yeah. Agree with that? Uh, okay. MX2. I'm going to go Tom Vial. Yep. I'm going to go Van Moosdijk. Yep. And I'm going to go Olsen. Fair enough. Sink and swim? Who's going to sink or swim? Or sink and Who will sink and who will swim? You kind okay. of said he will swim, so who will sink? Okay. I hate to say it, but February. Why? He might crash. And also, he probably won't have that much. He probably won't be 100%. Well, his body will probably be 100%, but I doubt he will be 100% in his. Self kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe Geyser, because the expectation of being world champion and then coming back against this top, is, those top three. This is one for you. I thought you asked me a question. No, but it is one for you. Yeah, I am. I'm asking you a question now. Here's Brilliant. one for you. Okay. You can get to MX2. Tosser. Geyser. 
Yeah, I forgot this is Lewis Phillips show. I'm literally asking you a question. Okay. I'm not even talking myself. I'm literally going to put something to you. Everyone's going to put Prado, Hurlins, and Caroli ahead of guys that in like preseason predictions or notoriety. Is that wrong or offensive? I don't think so. I don't think like, is that disrespectful? Not, That's I, don't, no, I don't think it's disrespectful. It, but it's down to some guys who have to come out swinging it. But should he, have to, should he have to come out swinging and prove himself? Everybody should. Like, should we, should, should we be saying that Hurlins, Caroli and Prado are the ones who have to come out swinging and prove that they can beat the guy who just won championship? Like, are, are no, we all because, wrong? No, because... And be dicks. I think it's... Right, he won the world title by not being injured and being the fastest guy in the field that were remaining. Yep. That's a fair assumption, yeah? Or a fair statement. Yep. Okay. So, but before that when those riders were in and not injured yeah. and in the races, he was not the fastest. So basically that statement of that podium is going to be those three is based on what's previously happened. However, there's nothing to say that he might come out in Matterley swinging and beat all three of them. Now, if he, if he does, then he's proved a lot of people wrong. And you can always bust out the old, he's never actually beaten Hurlins in a GP on a 450 when, when both riders have been healthy. Well, you're a stat man, so I don't know. You can bust that out. Okay, well, bust that one out then. Yeah. So, so I just wonder. I just wonder. I, just, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be interesting how people look at next year, because injuries were so strong this year that it almost means we should, out of respect, look at it a certain way. But I don't think anyone will because everyone will just revert back to what we know. Was there a song, Rob, which was well, when I'm a stat man? That we need that every time we bust a stat. Can we have like a sound bite where it goes? I'm a stat man. Can we get a voiceover for that one? Get out in next week's show. Um, my podiums for Matterley. Okay, Statman. I'll go Hurlins, Paroli Geyser. Yeah. And then MX2, I will go. I'll go Viao as well. So what's happening next week? Next week? Yeah, it pisses you off, doesn't it, when people interrupt when you're just about to do your MX2? So what's happening? I don't know what is happening next week. You I don't know, me? but I just thought I'd just change the subject because no, I didn't even manage to get my MX2, but you're you most actually, important you person actually, in this room. You actually did do your MX2 podium. Did I? Yeah. Okay, you said Vial, Moose Dyke, and Olsen. I even was listening so much that I remember. I apologise. Yeah, Vial first. Right. You want to see Van Moose Dyke, don't you? I'm thinking. No, I can tell by your face. You got a little smile on your face. You know <laughs> I'm that thinking, I'm no, right. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Vial first. What about Ben? I'm trying to think. Lots of fucking unpack here. Gertz. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not there with Gertz. I'm not. You're actually poo pooing my idea that he's unhappy. I'm not there with Gertz, and I'm not there with Olsen. Well, I'm kind of there with Olsen. Oh, change your tune on Olsen, have you? No, I haven't changed my tune, but I'm not going to say he's going to finish eighth, am I? Like, he's oh. going to be on a podium. Oh, wow. I'm not saying title. What happened in the offseason? I'm, I'm not saying title. I said he wouldn't. All I've said all along is that he would never win a title, and he's not the best rider in that class. I'm not changing that. But what I'm saying is I can't sit here and say he's going to finish 10th, can I? He's going to be on the podium. I'll go Vial, Watson, Musto. What? Nothing. Well, that's a fair prediction. Yeah. That love for Ben is No, I, just, I, could, I could see that happening at Matterley. Just purely because A, it'll be buddy. Are you going to text him and say, Ben, I just want you to know it, if I've said that uh, you can get second at Matterley. Argue with this. It could be buddy. Okay. One. He yeah. led laps there in a qualifying race this year. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you're going to find some, some, I, something to back this up. No, everything I'm saying is true. Yeah. I think Olsen will be fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just can't see Olsen winning the first round. I don't think he's that type of guy. Right. Um, okay. Anyway. Sure, should we, should we move on? Yep. At Leverett said, who are your favourites for the MX2 class? Hi, Harry. Who are your favourites for the MX2 class next year? As every year, can Muse finally break that barrier? Can Watson take just that one step forward he needs? What one do you want to take out of those three? Well, I think, um, as everybody knows, I'm a big Comrade Muse fan. However, oh, 
Oh. However, Ooh. I think 2020 is a very, very important year for him. I think as far actually going to the previous question, sink or swim, this is Conrad's year to either sink or swim. And I think if he doesn't achieve what his potential in 2020, I think that's going to really put him under pressure going forward. I'd agree with that. Mm. And I really want to, I really want to, I really want people to see the, the true potential. I really hope that he can deliver on that. However, if he doesn't, then I think he's going to find himself in a bit of a sticky situation in 2021. Uh, I think Hitachi will be with him his whole MX2 crew. I don't think they'd ever be considered dropping him. Because it, no matter what he does in GPs, he can always win the British Championship. True. And at the end of the day, they're KTM UK. Yeah, true. Um, but I'd actually, yeah, okay, next year he needs to prove himself that. But I'd argue we're already past the point where people were looking at it that way because how many times are people mentioning him? Mm-hmm. When we were just talking about podiums, did that even come into your head? No. So he's kind of already off the radar. Now he needs to get himself back on the radar. Yeah. It's not like he's on the radar, but he's slipping. He's actually off the radar, which is fine. And now he needs to get himself back on. Yeah. But then also, we probably didn't think of him because he basically didn't race this year. So. No. Okay, so Harry's question. So that was a muse bit. Wait, so can he break that barrier? You didn't answer that. You just no. said he needs to. Yeah. I still believe he has the potential to consistently be top five and, and podium. I still believe he has that potential. But until he realizes his own potential and has the, you know, the, I don't know whether it's a mental thing or what, but, you know, a lot of people will say that he's the fastest guy on a practice track. But when it comes down to racing, then uh, I don't know, something, something doesn't click. So if he can find that switch, then wow. Yeah. MX2 will be competitive next year, obviously. But a lot of the guys who were beating Conrad are out and have, they haven't been replaced by people who should beat Conrad. So technically, from his viewpoint, confidence should be high coming into next year because I don't see a reason why he can't beat Guarame, Harrop. Yeah. Um, people who weren't in that conversation this year but now are through attrition and stuff. Yeah. So this year, I wouldn't have necessarily said he should do it. Next year, I would say should do it. And when I say should do it, I mean one podium over 20 rounds. Even a top five, something. Mm-hmm. So, Favourites for MX2 next year? Total-wise. People think I'm crazy for saying Vial. Do you know what? Um, after this year, I'd be really interested to see what he does in the first three rounds. I mean, can he repeat what he done last year? Uh, that's going to be the first thing. I've got to be honest. I'd probably go with... I'm going to go with Olsen. And the reason I'm going to go with Olsen is because... He's now had a few seasons under his belt. He knows how to win. He understands... Does he know how to win? He does know how to win. The other thing which I believe he has got is a bit of a wake-up call when he's looked at what's happened to people like Vlandren and Anstey. And if he's going to be going up to MXGP, he's going to, he needs to go up to MXGP as a world champion to, to get the package and the bike and everything he needs to compete at that level. And I think if he doesn't, doesn't deliver that world title this year, I think he knows, and the people around him know, that um, it's going to be hard to, to sell that for, you know, for the year after. So I think Olsen will put everything together next year to win the title. I think Vial will be there or thereabouts, and depending what Gertz turns up, whether it's the Gertz, what we've seen battling with Prado, or the Gertz, what we've seen in the other rounds. Uh, it depends on which Iago we see turn up. I am, I'm actually not convinced by anyone for MX2 favourite. There's not one person. I, I would go VL, but it's not one person who's really making me... I'm, I agree, but I'm just taking an you know, educated guess on, on what we've learned over the last couple of years. 
I, I would put, I don't even know who I'd put in that category because I was going to say like Moose Dyke as a title contender, but then would he be? I mean, can you see um, Hoffer literally no. podium in? Oh, podium in, yeah, but not title contender. I think for, for, I think for the big five, the big five, oh, no, because then I need to make it the big six. I mean, the difference is the EMX, Vial came up from EMX 250 to, to MX2. And we know that he's gone from, from basically riding eight rounds to, to 20. So this year, he's prepared. He's had a whole year of, of MX2 GPs. So next year, we expect him to be more equipped, quicker, understand the expectations and the pressure. So I, I think it's going to be between him and Olsen. I think your big six, who will be there every week, no question, have consistency and all of that stuff, are Olsen, Gertz, Vial, Watson, Moose Dyke, Beaton. I think those are your people who will be there every single week. They won't have off weekends and stuff like that. Okay. I think other people will be there and be on the podium, but they will also be inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, one of the things what we've seen in previous years is the starts are so important in MX2. Yeah. But then also, that emphasis might be off a little bit because now Prado isn't taking a whole shot every week. There will be... Well, actually, no. We'll just yeah. be out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so... But I just want to see different people take whole shots. That's well, you're, you're going to see Hoffer take whole shots. <sighs> just, I, I don't even think he can beat me out. I don't know. Final part of his question, can Watson take that one step forward he needs? I think so. I think there were signs this year, as there were signs last year, but it's there. I think he needs to stay injury-free, that, as do all yeah. riders. But um, Yeah, I don't see it. there's no reason not to think that he won't. Yeah. So George Hopkins 4, how do you think Hurlins will do at the Hawkstone International? Well, I don't know, to be honest. Hurlins at Hawkstone, I think... Uh, it's a real head-scratcher. I think he might lap up to 10th, maybe 9th, 8th, maybe. I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but I may or may not be writing a race report on my laptop right now about him going one one one. So yeah, I won't even. I probably won't even be there. Yeah, and I can probably still. I think he'll be picking up his ten grand start money or twenty grand start money or whatever it is. He'll be cashing in that check by the time the race finishes. I could not. I, I probably won't be there, and it won't even make that big a difference because I could pretty much write a script of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Kelton Guiver. What people do you think will race for EMX Open Class, MXGP riders who can't get a ride, and A4238 also said, any ideas who will race for EMX 450 Class? Yeah, I think from a British point of view, we're going to see a lot of riders like Mel Pocock and a lot of riders who are contending the uh, MX1 Class in, in the UK. You're going to be looking now. Okay, I fancy doing a couple of 450 rounds. We can kind of say we're doing the British Championship and some European rounds. I think you're going to attract those. I think it's going to be some of the aged out, like maybe Zaragoza and people like that. Do you think we're going to see those guys in the MX 450? I'm so confused. I genuinely think you're going to have, I've said it before, I genuinely think we could end up with a field of 40 riders, which includes Mel Pocock and me. Because I think there's people of club level who are looking at it like, that's for me. And then there's people like Mel Pocock, or I don't know if he is, but as that level rider who are looking at it like, that's an opportunity for me. Yeah. I feel like, and, you, so and you've got to think people like Mel Pocock have got to be up there to win that championship. Like, if you're Brent Randonic and supposedly going to race for a British team, would you not... Would you do EMX 450 or would you do MXGP? Because the, the, the difference is, are the teams going to pay a £1,000 to enter you into MXGP or pay, was it 500 then, euros? Is it really helping his career if he does EMX 450? Okay, he, he would win EMX 450. I highly doubt there'd be a better rider than him in that class. But if he tries going to, uh, say, for instance, Gibbon. If he went to Gibbon yeah. for 2021 and went, um, oh, here you go. Here's my gold plate for me, MX450. Slaps it down on the table and then just goes, show me the money. Are they going to go, 
nice, nice work. Like, no, they'd be slow going, clap. You show me the money. Yeah, like I'm not sure it's gonna have. I don't. I'm not sure it would have that that correct. No. Basically, not, I think not like EMX 250. I think winning the EMX 450. I think being a wild card in MXGP and finishing 13th would be more valuable and more for someone's career than winning EMX 450 next year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's without a doubt. Because when you look at what the t- who the top 15 in MXGP are, then that, that's a stacked class. I would look for people like Mel Pocock, Josh Spinks to race it. I think that's kind of their... But then, then again, look at the calendar. They're in some weird places. So I, I think we're going to see some podium riders in MXGP over the last four or five years finishing 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, you tell in some what, races. I'm quite excited. This is actually exciting me a little bit. When you, when you actually look at the list of riders which are going to be competing in MXGP, then some, some people are going to have to get used to being 15th and, and 16th. Big news. Six weeks until Anaheim won. You excited? Oh, fuck me. I do love a bit of Anaheim won. Yeah. I mean, we got Geneva first. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So you, you, you're, how is your off-season going? That's right. Are you going to the gym? I don't know why that matters. Well, and just how are you keeping? That's fine. I just, I just, I just look forward to Anaheim 1. I love, I love Anaheim 1. Literally, Anaheim 1 is like Christmas for me. If I could skip Christmas and just go to Anaheim 1, that'd be amazing. Should I talk to you now about budgets or? <laughs> uh, no, I, I would. I've already made like a mental agreement with myself. Yeah. That if I had to basically put myself in crippling debt to go to Anaheim 1, then I would. You'd do it? Yeah. Nice. Because it's not worth, because I would be so bummed out sat at home that it's just not worth it. Cool. Note that one down, Rob, on the budget for 2020. Anyway, A4238, any news on Davy Pooches? Well, we kind of believe we know where he's, he, he's going to end up and everything I else. Don't know, but... I don't know if that's happening. It would have been announced by now. I think we can say. Or is it best not to? Probably best not to. Okay. But I mean, everybody's pointing towards doing something on a green bike, basically, on his own or something. Not like on his own. No, Just but off to kind the side of, of yeah. the FNH team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But then that would have been announced by now because that was being talked about August, I but, think. No, but there was a statement which basically said he's only going to come back when he's ready. That wasn't a statement. Was it not? That was something that someone told you. Oh. I thought the whole idea was... No, there, there hasn't been any statements or anything public. I think you're now saying is private conversations you've had. Okay. Well, I think the idea is he's had a couple of injuries and he's going to be coming back when he feels he's ready, which is good. Because okay. what's the point in coming back and rolling around in, in 20th? That's no good for... But I, he's not that... He's not... I don't, he's, he was on the podium this year. Well, when you start talking about this guy, this is a guy who could actually if he gets time on the bike without the injuries and everything else, this is a guy who I do believe could win races. What, Pooches? Yeah, yeah. next year. He, yeah, because he was we finished on the podium. Yeah. And he was behind Prado when he was on the podium. So that puts him up to second overall. And then at that point, yeah. he's only one step away. Yeah, but it depends on, we've not heard where he is, you know, what his injuries are like, what rest he's having. We've not really heard too much. So we don't know the extent of his health and all the rest of it. So he could be coming back in March ahead of schedule and swinging. So, stuff like this annoys me because I really want to interview Pooches, but it's like, what's the point? Because all he's going to do is say, I can't say what I'm doing next year. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Okay, well, it'll be good to get some background into fighting just, just wait until I can interview Max. That's what we're waiting for now. Okay, yep. Also got an interview of David Luongo coming up. Really? Yep. What about? I thought you've done a couple of interviews with David Luongo. Yeah, lately. I always do. We have a little routine, me and David. We do one halfway through the GPs and we do one at the end of the GPs. Okay. So we do one halfway through the GPs to talk about next year before anything's official yep. and how things are going. And then we do one at the end of the season to talk about how things went as a whole and what lessons were learned. Cool. Yeah. Nice little structure. One for you. Masters MX 2013. With JWR still not confirming riders, 
Are they just waiting to see who is left? And is that a bad decision when you really think about it? It's, okay, look, you're going to obviously defend this to the death. It's a questionable decision. No, of course it's a questionable yeah. decision. But I think... I think and that Because that is what they're doing. You've said that last week. You, I think you pretty much said that word for word. Yeah, so. and I think what, what's happened is, I hope Johan's kind of cool with me saying this. I think what's happened is they were promised a lot last year, team-wise. However, there was a change within the manufacturer leadership and the things that were promised when they signed two riders in Strybos and, and, and Brilikov, things that were promised to them, um, that person had some health issues and disappeared. Basically, the agreement was not met. So what happened was Johan had to put in a lot of extra money and we've got to a point where at the end of the season that I don't, I don't even think they're picking up the phone. So he doesn't even know where he is with his current manufacturer, which is why he's been forced to, to look around because he still hasn't heard anything from the end of the season. So he doesn't even know what the deal is, what bikes, anything. So um, he's gone from having a lot of support and uh, the brand getting really behind the team to literally being left out in the wide open. I was going to make a joke saying, do we need to set up a GoFundMe for him? But then I thought, when you had a team, Talon Kawasaki, yeah. didn't you do a GoFundMe package type thing? Yeah. Or did I imagine that? No, no, we did. Yeah. yeah. But the, what you have to remember is Johan doesn't need a GoFundMe. No, yeah, yeah. So, oh, it was a joke. And I just yeah, so, so the, the thing is, is like, but Johan's kind of sat on the fence with, if I'm not getting any support, why should I put more in to make this brand look good. It's basically what Motor Concepts did. Motor Concepts, when Tony Alessi got involved in 2012, they said, screw it, we're not, manufacturers aren't supporting us. Fuck it all. They rode MCR 450s. Yeah. They were, I think it was a Suzuki at the time, but they refused to acknowledge that it was that at all because they were getting no help. The bikes were white. Yeah. Um, which at that time wasn't a Husqvarna. Yeah. That was it. An MCR 450. Yeah. And then somehow that, t- that advanced to them actually getting factory support from Honda with Brayton. But um, yeah, so it's fast. But um, I don't think that model would work in GPs. Yeah. Especially not when you're trying to go to Indonesia and places. I think, um, I think from Johan's mind, he, he wants to stick to the European-only GPs. So that's 14 like, rounds. I'm not being funny. Would EMX 450 not be the perfect place for him, for that team? Yeah, but he's got Anton Gull as a rider. Yeah, true. But then Anton Gold could blitz that class. Okay, maybe not blitz. Well, yeah, Anton Gold could blitz that class. But the, the guys was between 6 and 10 in qualifying and finishing 13th in MXGP. Why would you want to then go down to... Yeah, and he's 21. Is it, down? is it down? Is getting a gold plate down? That's the question. As, no, but we've already answered that question. Yeah. Why would you want to have an MXGP team and go to EMX 450? When you go around to sponsors, you're saying, oh, we're going to be doing an EMX 450 class. They're going to go... Brilliant. This is the price list. Unless you go, we're going for the title. But then again, you don't know. I guess sponsors would be waiting to see how much we're going to talk about EMX 450 and whether I'm going to go and interview. That's the point. Am I going to have to interview these people? I don't know. You don't bother with EMX 250. So why would you bother exactly. with EMX 450? Well, no, it's not that I don't bother with EMX 250. It's that I'm quite busy. You're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to, but. You're too busy to support the people. At I was, the it's funny. I was actually thinking about this yep. on the drive up last night. Yep. I don't think people, I actually want to like video me trying to interview riders because like, I was thinking about how I once ran alongside Hurlins as he was driving out of the track. It's not easy. Nope. It's not easy. Nope. It's also not easy for a team, which is at the bottom, trying to get a little bit of exposure 
if we don't talk to them or work with them. Yeah, I talk to everyone. I interviewed 18 riders in Indonesia. That's pretty much everyone. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Last, should we do this question and then have a break because there's a lot more questions and I don't. Yep. Okay. Let's do that. Daniel Coick, 24. Will you follow the Dakar Rally? Hell no. I can't be honest. No, I got. I don't even understand it. (laughs) How'd you win? (laughs) I think it's 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 a great event. Yeah, great event. Really good. Yeah, good luck to them all. Where are they racing? But I think it just comes to a point where you have to stick to what you're good at. And it's like, there's the reason why we've not gone into Enduro. And let me tell you about Enduro. John T over at Enduro 21 is literally got his finger on the pulse with Enduro. So why in hell would we even want to want to go into Enduro? We, we came into Motocross because Murta Magazine was shit. And, um, Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. But it, it's gone. I know. Yeah. But there are people. Are but but there. then other people. Which do, you remember when, do you remember, funny story, how long ago did it have been? 2012? No, probably four years ago, uh, when I was properly at MX Vice and stuff, Moto tried to steal me from James. <laughs> oh yeah, they offered you the um, yeah. editor's job. They and offered, then, offered me a job. And then what it. happens? It two months later, they went out of business? Yeah. I feel like that was a... I feel Can like, you imagine? Bring, oh. I feel like bringing me in was their like, last chance, like, let's just try this. And then when I turned it down, they were like, oh, fuck. But do you know what? In, in a way, it's like sliding doors where it, how funny would it be if you took that job and then you lost it and then you sort of like had to come back and go, oh. And I would have gone, no. We've got Sean, who's, uh, he, we've uh, actually said that if Lewis ever leaves, Sean's going to go in. Sean, who's our videographer, is going to go to be the editor. Which is already anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I will follow Dakar Rally yeah. when pigs fly. Yeah, I think... I don't even know where it is. A desert somewhere, I'm guessing. Um, or jungle. So that's the whole thing with, with Enduro. The sea? What, you know, the, the only reason why we would look at doing anything other than motocross the would move. be if, if we can actually offer something. And if there's an opportunity, and there, isn't, there is no opportunity. Enduro 21 are a great ch- website for Enduro. Check them out. Johnny does a fantastic job on his team. And uh, we'll stick to MXGP, motocross, and... It's like kind of like I was saying last week. I don't want to ever get rid of our morals. And the second, it's really easy to get desperate in the off season and start reaching for shit. Like, oh god, the Dakar Rally's on. That's something. Let me try and do something on that. But I'm so keen to not do that and lessen, well, it's like, diminish the quality of. It's but, like going to the arena cross. Why would we want to go to the arena cross? Yeah, exactly. That's like yeah, the arena cross is basically French supercross. Well, sorry, French arena cross in the UK. Yeah. So basically, all the British teams, because there's no British riders who do arena cross, they have to get all the French riders, who we've just seen in Paris. So all basically arena cross is, is French arena cross. And the, the tracks are too small. Someone always gets nailed or injured, literally kills their season. Yeah, so why the hell would we want to cover it? No one cares. No one cares. I actually... Ooh. Actually, no, I'm going to say that. No, I'm not. Save that for next week. I okay. reckon I've already pissed enough people off this week. Not like you. Right, let's go for a break. We'll be back with more questions. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. We're back. A few things, actually, before we go into uh, questions again, Lewis. We've got our loyalty program, which is up and running. If you're looking to uh, help MX Vice in any way, 
then actually just by sharing our content, liking our content and engaging with us. If you like what we do, we put a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of money into uh, making MX Vice happen. Just those little things, honestly, mean the world to us. It's, it is phenomenal when we put all this time and effort in and people share, like, engage with us. You know, that's, what, that's why we do it. And the second thing is um, we have some T-shirts coming out uh, ready for Christmas. They're going to be with us, ready to ship December the 5th. We've been trying to do these T-shirts for like three years. Unfortunately, when we got bought, they didn't want to go through with it. So um, we've been sat on them for ages. So uh, it's amazing that these T-shirts have actually, are actually going to see the, the light of day. And the plan is we're going to release uh, maybe 100, 200 T-shirts a month, different designs for 12 months. And again, the money what we make from this goes into to MX Vice, getting us around the world following MXGP. So thank you very much. Um, on the loyalty thing, just yep. to make it proper clear to people, whereas you would normally retweet something, basically if you retweet it through this website, you then get a point which gets added to the leaderboard and then that point goes towards like your overall ranking, which then leads to you winning signed stuff and prizes. Like We've got signed Tonus jersey coming up. We've got signed pool and goggles and all sorts. Yeah. So there is, if you, if you literally uh, go onto the website, there is an article, basically MX Vice Loyalty Bamboo. Yeah, you'll see it on social as well in the next like random times and the next weeks. Yeah, we're going to be posting it pretty much once every couple of days. Um, because what we want to do is we don't just want, you know, the idea is that we're, you know, we're super thankful for everybody who shares and in, in, in engages and in, in, in talks to us. However, we want to reward you. We want to, we want to give you guys something back in recognition of, of you guys helping us. So um, there we go. So, Lewis, yeah. more questions? Daniel Smith 94 said, what is a long-term goal for MX Vice? Race team or to be a title sponsor? No, no, uh, never to be a race team or anything like that. The only time that MX Vice would ever get involved in doing a race team or anything else would be like, if we had money and there was a rider like Max Anstey, who we feel we'd want to see back on a bike, or a rider that fell on hard times and couldn't do GPs or a British championship, basically someone who we could help. I think that's probably where, if we had any extra money, we would probably do it and we'd do it as possibly a content project where we could actually build a TV series out of it or whether we could do something with, with content which would then generate an income uh, on the back of it. So first and foremost, we're a media company. We, we literally uh, love what we do. We want to stick to doing that. A race team and everything else, There's you've got to have deep pockets for a race team. I kind of flirted with it in 2013. I think it probably cost me around about £100,000, that little experiment. So, um, yeah, that was a, a really interesting uh, experiment, £100,000 experiment. So um, I'm sure one day when we talk about MX Vice, it will probably come up, and uh, I'm happy to pull that plaster off and go through old wounds again, Lewis. Okay, yeah, nice. So just to mention, we are not a race team. We are this would be 100% a media company. It would be odd for us to say, let's start a race team. Well, how do we begin? Well, let's start with a podcast show. Oh, it's not really yeah. the path, is it? Jack L. Hyde said, why don't we have a legit European Supercross Championship with events like Paris and Geneva counting to it? The Auckland race looked great. They even have an official FIM Championship now. I've I got to be honest, I would like to see that. Well, Literally, maybe a six-round series in Europe where they all work together, same promoter. They have some consistency, so they know that from like maybe... What, mid-October? It doesn't even need to be that. The, Oz, the um, Australian, New Zealand stuff, the FIM Oceana champion is a two-round thing. It's just Auckland and Melbourne. That's it. Two rounds. 
and then you get an FIM Oceana champion. Yeah, well, probably... So you could do that with just Paris and Geneva. But then what would you call it? The FIM European? But then, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of just two events. Well, it works for Australia. I'd pro- like, I don't follow, I don't really follow the... Yeah, Aus- but we're talking Europe. Yeah. But we're talking, Aus- we're talking Oceania. Where... And, and, right, so you're talking Oceania and there's two ranks in two countries. Yes. Yeah, we're talking Europe, yep. so you'd have maybe one in Germany, one in France, no, one I'm in saying, Belgium, what one I'm in Italy. is the model works. So why wouldn't it work with just Paris and Geneva, two historic events? I'm just, I'm not saying that it won't work with two events. I'm just saying it would probably be better with either four or six. It'd be a good question for Eric Pennard, but then that's also one of the issues. Like, Geneva is more Eric's baby, as far as I can tell, whereas Paris, he's more of a helper. So then you'd have to try and get that lined up. Because obviously the, the SX Open, the Auckland version, and the OzX Open, the Melbourne version, is run by the same uh, AME management group. So. What, was the, what was the Italian Supercross? Um, there was Torino oh, was last year, but what about the other one? Huh? <laughs> what about the that other That was one? a joke. That was a joke. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what about the other one they had in Italy? Genoa. <laughs> Genoa, that's it, yeah. yeah. Genoa. And then there used to be Arnhem. Was it Arnhem? That was one, one and done. Oh, okay. I'm sure there was one in Belgium. Or, oh, do or I have a Holland. story from Arnhem? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I know the story you're on about. Trying to get video credentials or no, even a press just pass. just trying to get a press pass. Yeah. After they approved me online and I got there and they told me that actually when they emailed me saying that I've been approved for a press pass, that was just a lie. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got some stories. And then when I showed them my phone, they told me to stop being aggressive. I was like, <laughs> just showing you my phone. I'm not even saying anything. Good, um, good times. <laughs> Mitchell Meadows said, would the MXGP ever go back to Lirop for a GP? I thought the track was shut down. They did an onk there this year for the first time. That was the first race there in a while. But really? I, don't know if, I, I doubt that means that it's now fully allowed to run. I don't know. I, I've, I'd I, imagine it means it's on one of those things where it's like only X amount of bikes once every two months on a Sunday. I've I got to be honest. I've been, I've been there once and watched one race and it was by far my favorite GP of, of the whole year. It was phenomenal. It's um, actually interesting. Because MXGP or the Netherlands or the KMMV or whatever could be in need of a venue like that. Because if the rumors about Vulcanside going bang are actually going to come true one day, and Assen's now off the schedule, like where are they going to go next? So maybe if, they, if there is a slightest glimmer of hope that Leo could come back, maybe some effort goes into that to make it happen. When you think of um, Belgium as a nation and about how successful they are at motocross, like the amount of world champions they've had, the amount of motocross nations they've won, and everything, and yet they're struggling to to have keeping tracks open in that country. Um, Leop is in the Netherlands. Oh, okay, it's kind of all mingled into the same thing. It's like with us in in Wales. It's a bit racist. Whatever. Haywick seven three one says it's literally on the border, isn't it? What? I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's right on the border of Holland and, and Belgium. I already went there once and I was eight. I remember. Haywick seven three one said there are two TBA locations on the calendar: Spain and China. Where will it likely be in Spain and why aren't they using the track in Shanghai again? I heard. So originally everyone thought Spain was going to be the Aragon MotoGP track, which has a permanent motocross track alongside it. Yeah. Or Talavera. I now hear that there's a track in Madrid that was used for the World Juniors once upon a time. Right. That they're going to flatten, rebuild for a GP, and then that's going to be it. No, not did I say Milan? 
What did I say, Madrid? You said Madrid. Okay, good. Yeah. I said Milan. Yeah. I'm start seeing rumours. So that's what I've heard now. That it's going to be Madrid, some track. Okay. But they're going to basically knock down and rebuild. But then that's... The fact that it's a TBA isn't exactly a definite Did, did you get that from our MX Vice Spanish editor? No. no. Okay. Maybe you should ask him and he can find out. I got it from a very reliable source. Okay. Cool. He may be a Spanish world champion. Okay. Cool. It may be Prado. <laughs> um, <laughs> China. I don't know. I don't know if that's happening. I think... Um, was it a success last year? Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, track was good. Soil was good. They limited it to... How was the soil? Because you were there, obviously. I, could, I talked to people. Oh. They limited it to 5,000 fans, didn't they? So they clearly had like a roadmap to success, you know, very regimented. Are you trying to say that the country's quite regimented? No. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure why they wouldn't use it again. I'd imagine it's more a case of them just finalising some contract details and all of that kind of stuff. Because I can't imagine... Like, it's not like they've got other options in China. You're not going to find anything better, I don't think so. Okay. I was imagining. And I feel like Just One and the uh, Human Group, the Blue Man Group, what's the company called? The Blue Man Group. They're, um, the Blue Man Group are very famous in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, what's the Just One? So group? they um, get yeah, all the paint and drums and stuff what's like the, that. What's the Just One Group called? H Group. I should probably know. It's this. a big word, that's why. Either way, the, the, the Just One. What have you just done now? My phone just fell. Uh, yeah. The Just One Group that put on the event and promoted it, I feel like they got a lot out of it. Cool. So. I don't see why they wouldn't want to do it again either. Ryan G four three seven said, "If you could only attend three GPs next year, which ones would you choose and why?" Lirop. Okay, that's not a GP. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be Matley. Let me get the calendar up quick. Uh, because I do like Matley. Um, what a boring option! You literally up. could have gone to Argentina and you've chosen to go an hour down the road. <laughs> well, is this choose any or is this yeah? Ma- what so you can have you can choose anything with money if you could only attend three GPs next year. That's not if you could only get to oh, yeah. three GPs next year and you can only afford to travel in the UK. Okay. That's kind of a stupid... Yeah, but Argentina's a great track, but fucking 67 well, hours to yeah, get there. take it all into your consideration. What three GPs would you go to next year? Well, if you've got all money, then you can go business class to Argentina, do it. If you've got to go on a goddamn cattle market economy flight... You had extra legroom. Fuck your extra legroom. Okay. 67 hours in fucking airports and fucking... I don't even know what... I didn't even know if the plane was going to take off. Was it even actually a, a real plane? What? What we were on. What, the British Airways flight? No, that was fine, but okay. when we got to Buenos Aires. What, the Elinius Argentinus flight? Something, yeah. Anyway, so if you can do 67 hours travelling to go to somewhere for 64 hours, then... Um, we did actually work it out. We spent more time travelling we than, we did, than we did in yeah. Argentina. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Argentina track, the place where it is, the, the views, the scenery, absolutely fantastic. But if you could get like teleported there, then, then, then do it. But you're going to have to wait a few years for teleporting. I've got to be honest, I don't know why. I like Lommel. And I think it's just Very because, adventurous of you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because the track's brutal. It's so busy. And it feels like it's like the, the centre of motocross. I do enjoy going to Lommel and Trentino. If you've not been to Trentino, go to Trentino. You can go to Lake Garda, take the family, or not take the family. Take your mistress, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever you want to do. Go to Garda, great food, and then you go up into the mountains. So you've got Trentino and Lommel. What's your third one? Oh, Argentina. But if I could, oh, I, if okay. I could be transported there. Mine are Argentina. I don't... Sweden was good, though. I like to uh, develop. Argentina is my first one. Yeah. Uh, that's the first one I'd go to because I am grateful for the opportunity to go to Argentina and I can make do with economy class just for the experience. So that doesn't bother me. Right. Save money on your business class tickets. It's just a cool place to say you've been to. Track's good. 
And as I always say, if you want to... You wait, though, until you've got a massive fat guy sat next to you, sweaty in his white vest, rubbing his B.O. all over your shoulder. There was something... I was next to an old couple, weren't I? What, what happened? I remember something... I think one of them died. No, something... I remember me messaging you saying something happened. They asked me something or something. Oh, that was like weird. Harold and Mildred, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'd do Argentina because it's just a cool place to go to. There was to. a flight where actually someone... An old person no, actually I fell think asleep. That was it. I think you said for the person and, next to me. And we thought me, she died. We think, all got off the plane and she was still there. I think you said the person next to me on the flight to Argentina was a doctor. And while I was asleep, he got called up to like fix someone. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was. So I'd do Argentina just because it's cool to go to. What more could you really want? And like I always say, if you want to have fun with riders, talk to riders more relaxed, talk to team people more relaxed, go to a flyaway. Not Indonesia, though. Fucking Indonesia. No, that's even better for it. So that's my first one. Then I would choose Latvia. Oh, that is shit. Again, same sort of reason. Good track, good viewing, uh, nice stuff around, nice restaurants, nice hotels. Yeah, and an hour journey to the track in a car because you have to stay in Riga because otherwise you have to stay in like a log cabin with people walking around with carrier bags in the woods trying to mass murder you. Okay. That's not, and then my third one... And about 8,000 speed cameras, so it's going to cost you about 100 quid every time you go there. My third one would be Sweden. Yeah, that's good. Same thing. Uh, good restaurants, good hotels, good track, good go viewing, go-karting. Yeah. So my, and my fourth place, just I, missed out. Hang on. Fourth? I'm you just said giving, three. I, yeah, I'm giving it an honourable mention. You told me to stop when I said Sweden. I'm, ju- I'm just giving it an honour... Yeah, because I was going to say it. I didn't want you to steal it. Okay. I'm going to give it an honourable mention. Yeah. I would do Turkey. And why do you... Yeah, why do you like Turkey? I like Turkey. No, why do you like Turkey? <laughs> the hotels are really good. Yeah. This So, so basically... Yeah, but I'm Lewis talking about experience. Been, Lewis has never been away with his friends or like on a like lawn or lads holiday. So going to Turkey, which is basically like going to Mallorca or something, because it's the same sort of thing. Lewis thinks it's absolutely amazing. No, I just appreciate the fine things. The fine things? <laughs> <laughs> so no. basically you like nice hotels. No, it's just, I'm talking about experience as a whole. What, like, McDonald's? Like, no, like Majora's good. But then if you look at it as an experience as a whole, hotels are a bit right. difficult and stuff like that, isn't it? Okay, so you like Turkey because yeah. it's got a nice hotel, it's got a shopping hotels mall. Hotels are right next and to And it's got track. McDonald's. No, it was a, I got steak sandwich for three euros. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So what was the track you went to where you had to uh, try and get a taxi back and it took three hours? Uh, that was Indonesia. Ah, okay. I thought I was going to die. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's mine. I well, like that question. I like questions like that. Sidecar Team 33 said, Canada Heights isn't on the British calendar for next year. It's always one of the best rounds of the year. Thoughts. So we no. Oh, okay. I like Canada Heights. I think it's a great track, but there seems to be bikes and everything gets nicked. Maybe better security. Uh, yeah, just, and it always gets well attended. In that I just think I wouldn't be surprised to see it come back next year. I just think it didn't work out this year. Oh, that is such. <laughs> oh, is that an ACU shirt on? I see underneath your hoodie. <laughs> no, I don't know what Dickhead. to say. I know too much. Okay, I'll just say how it is. <laughs> I got told it was incompetent. Okay, but no, it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised to see it back in the future. And it is. It does suck that it's not on there because it is one of the best. And yeah. it's also thirty minutes, forty minutes from my house. So. Yeah, I, I like I like the I like the track. But what's interesting again is that everybody's moaning about all the rounds are uh, down south. Now Canada Heights is down south. Every single one, every single one of the rounds is north for me. Yeah, I have to travel too far north every time. Yeah. Hawkstone, four hours north I have to travel. What about Gilbert and MX2 is down in goddamn Cornwall? Yeah. Whatever Even s- Bristol's north. Whatever side. Yeah, coming in, I just had to travel north for three hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But you are practically in France, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. See it on a sunny day. 
You can see France on a sunny day. Yeah, I think so. I don't know how I'll check that. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure you can. I'm pretty sure you can. I'm actually certain you can. Really? Yeah, I'm actually certain you can. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I generally think you can. Yeah. With the naked eye, you can you see can France. See it. You from... can just see an outline of France. Wow. You can. Yeah. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. A4238 said any UK team news. Yes, actually, if you check our emails, then... Yeah, that's um... what I was going to tell you not to say it. Yeah. Did we already say it? No, we haven't said okay. it. But we can't mention that now because then it... But yeah. So basically, we got some team PR, um, which is going to be going live next week. I don't know, I didn't read email. I think it's next week. So um, I hear that um, a couple of teams are changing manufacturers and stuff. Yeah, and it looks like Revo's gone. Yeah, that's gone. I told that. I said that last week. Okay, so so Revo's gone. So let's let's talk about the UK. What oh, we know. God. Yeah. What the teams? Bill Bassonder's done in it. Um, yeah. Ass Did you done. see the message from what Steve Clark put on his post this week? Yeah. That he's basically give him the red plate now. Yeah. I look forward to seeing him beat Bassassen and Conrad Mies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be a great battle. Cool. Not to be taken sarcastic by at all. Yeah. What are you saying? Bill base free riders, two in MX2. Uh, sorry, one in MX2, two in MXGP. There's a lot of Americans. No, MXGP, MX1. Care. There's a lot of Americans listening who don't care. All right. Well, whatever. Well, I'll save that for, for my new British yeah. podcast show, when which you, is coming up. When are you doing that? I think you should start that the first week of January when I'm in California. No, I'm going to start next week. Okay. That's not going to happen, but. Yeah. What's happening at Rob? Rob's fucking okay. nodding. CR Dory said, Hi, Colin. When you were little riding around on your BMX or PW50 or Putch 50, what's a Putch 50? Oh, P-U-C-H. for God's sake. Just carry on. I've never heard of it. Just carry okay. on. Um, Just which, embarrass us every week. Which free riders did you mostly pretend to be? For me, it was 4P, Jared Smith, and Jem Watley. Oh, Jared Smith. Great rider. Sure, I'll take your word for that. Yeah, this was a time That's of a Kevin Fries, Rob Andrews, the Dave Forbes, Mervyn Anstey. Mervyn Anstey, you must know Mervyn Anstey. Obviously. I know, every, I know who all of them are, I just don't... You didn't know who Jared Smith was? I've never heard of him. He's fucking hardcore, Jared Smith. Uh, if, if ever his bike sort of broke down when he was on the KTM, he used to literally pick up the KTM 500, put it on his shoulder, and then run past the ch- check flag. True story. Okay, so which three riders did you mostly pretend to be or look up to? Fucking or Ricky Johnson. Ricky Johnson's my goddamn hero. So, um, Ricky Johnson, David Bailey, and Ron Lachine. So, mine were... Chad Reed, because you had his duvet cover. My first favourite rider... Chad Reed, duvet was cover. ...was Chad Reed, and it was because I got, I got a Bar to Bar 2004 DVD for my birthday, and he was on the cover, and he obviously won the title that year, so I kind of watched that religiously and was like, fuck me, this guy's good. So, let me, let's just talk about this, right? So... You've got your Chad, you're 11 years old, you've got your no, Chad Reed. 11. So you're 11 years old, you've got your Chad Reed bedspread. I wasn't 11. Probably maybe sort of going through your mum's catalogues and going to the underwear section. So maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of white stuff came out on Chad Reed. Hey, I wasn't 11. So yeah, Chad Reed was like my first favourite rider. Mm. Like, Chad's listening to this, maybe that'll change your interviews going and forward. After that, then my first favourite European rider was, um, or European base rider was Josh Coppins. I was a diehard Coppins fan. I used to actually check joshcoppins.com every single day, even though nothing got updated on there. But it used to be one of the websites I used to refresh, just waiting for something. And then when he'd post a little update about like... You'd come in your pants? I'd just be... I remember being on holiday once and just check and go and like paying a pound to go on a computer in the lobby just so I could check joshcoppins.com. So those are my two first... Have you ever interviewed Josh Coppins? Um, no, but when I first started MX Vice, I did the Farley Vets. Yeah. And he was there, and I almost did. And it was the only time in my life I've actually shit myself and gone, oh, fuck, I can't talk to him. <laughs> only time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you get excited now when he, when he like, likes yeah. to post his stuff? Like that? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then uh, my third one, 
After those two, I remember Carmichael and Townley. 2005, in the middle of 2005, Townley went 1-1-1-1. And then in the following two rounds, Coppins went 1-1-1-1. It's a good time in my life. Okay. That was a good time in my life. I don't know who can forget when Everts pointed at a crowd in South Africa in 2005 and crashed. Give him Coppins at 1-1. I remember watching that on Eurosport and just jumping up and down thinking it was amazing. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, you yeah. do. Yeah, I Sun remember. Sun City. Yeah, remember you don't remember really that? Well. Yeah. Last lap, Everts was leading by like 15 seconds or something. Yeah. Went for a rhythm section, gave a little point to the crowd and didn't get his hand back on in time, so crashed and Coppins rode past him and won. <laughs> Look how happy you are. It's just funny. Yeah. Because when does, when does stuff like that ever happen? I don't even think it's happened since, has it? No. Well, probably people watch that and just thought they're never going to do that. Yeah. Jack L. Hyde, how long until we get discount codes for the Motocross Vice sponsor? Ooh. Yeah. How, does, how would that work? Because, like, obviously Mathis does that in America, but yeah. then that's, an, that's all American-based. Yeah. Can we even get discount codes across Europe? Yeah. So I'm talking to a few different companies at the moment. That's one of the things when I was in um, ICMA recently, speaking to uh, some brands and stuff. These are the things which I'm working on at the moment. So it's going to be released this week, but there's going to be a shop called Even Strokes. And on the shop, there's going to be certain brands. And on that shop, you'll be able to use discount codes, um, which are provided by MX Vice, purchase products. Oh, nice. And this, again, goes to helping us do what we do. Yeah. Nice. And final question, Dan Evans525 said, what's James Burfield's plans for next year, apart from the EMX 250 championship, where will he be racing? Right. So I've been looking at my um, plans. I'm going to be doing the Southwest Challenge. Challenge, yeah. Was it an eating contest? So, so what's happened is years ago, there was this association called BSMA. Yeah, I was... remember that. I did some BSMA races, not okay. nationals, obviously. Yeah, but... BSMA used to, used to be cool as fuck. It used Wait, to... is, a, is a BSMA not around anymore? Yeah, it's still oh. going, but it went through a bit of a, a shit period. Oh where I probably shouldn't say this, but there's probably a lot of old people running it and um, didn't really go anywhere because they're still doing the same old shit as what they've done think, 30 years um, ago. Even when I was like growing up, that was still the number one. Yeah, but then you had people like Mark Hucklebridge in, in Emma Hucklebridge who got involved. And now you've got people like Lawson Benjamin and these kind of people who kind of get it. And, and I'm definitely seeing a surge in BSMA. So what they've done now is there's a lot of uh, clubs which have come over from AMC, a lot of local clubs. And... They've got kind of like Bath and Dursley, sort of Gloucester, Bath, Wiltshire areas. All these clubs have got together and they're actually going to do a championship next year called Southwest Challenge. And then on top of that, I'm going to do the Southwest Masters, which is uh, Robin Griffith. And that used to be the old Premier Series. So my racing is going to be looking good next year. I'm going to, I'm going to do both, both championships. MXGP will have to take second to my racing career now. So yeah, you could say that a lot of things are happening in the, in the Southwest. Nice. Good time to be alive. Yep, brilliant. And so, do you want um, to mention Kawasaki at all for giving you a bike? Or? Yeah, so they, they haven't confirmed it, but I'm pretty sure I will be full Team Green uh, in 2020. They obviously don't know about this, and, um, but because they haven't got their own podcast show, I can actually confirm that I will be a Team Green rider next year. Nice. So um, they do say dreams come true. Yeah, nice. That's the end of the questions. Cool. One thing I did want to touch on. Uh, young boy or young man? Um, is last week I posted the Matchams Gallery. Yes. And a lot of people were very excited. Yeah. And all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to see what you thought about. Did I read something that Steve Dixon tried? Yeah. He commented on Instagram. On yeah. our Instagram. Let me find it quick. Yeah. Did I, I'm pretty sure Steve Dixon tried to find out whether Matchams could come back. Someone, com- someone commented saying, this place and the Isle of Wight uh, were so much better than Matterley. 
And Steve Dixon replied, saying, three great tracks built by Johnny all have great features. I tried to get Matchams only a few weeks ago as a training track, but no go. And people did share some photos of Matchams now, and surprisingly, the actual track is still like kind of there. Like you can make out the, where it went and everything, which wow. surprises me because it's been a while. I've got some great memories of Matchams. The first one was getting concussed and literally knocked out. That was fun. And then, and I think that was on a Wednesday, and then I went back on the Sunday to race and broke my ankle and my leg. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I had good times at Matchams. I, um, I did my first ever race at Matchams. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. Bird from last. Wow. Yep. What year was that? 2005. I didn't race on an auto. I retired when I was on an auto and then made a big comeback on a 65. I wonder if it... No, that wasn't the year I was racing there. No. Ringwood. Yeah, this was, uh, this was Ringwood. I remember the first time I ever did a lap of the Matchams big track. I was riding like the little track, kids track, yep. smaller track, whatever it was. And then the uh, last session of the day, I decided like when, because obviously people start going home, don't they? It was a bit quieter. I went out with someone we knew on a 125 who followed me around. I was on a 65 just to make sure I didn't die. And I'd never actually been over the far side. Yeah. And fuck me, when I came up to that hill, I pretty much like... Cheat your Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I got told there was a hill over the back and like not to shut off, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did I? When you came back down into the bottom and then there, they had the, uh, it's like ski jumps and a tabletop. And I just got really excited and confused which one was the ski jump and which was the tabletop. So I, I launched it. And it happened to be the ski jump. I went over the bars in the whoops before the two tabletops. I properly like dug in and went over the bars. Good times like you do on an electric, on an electric scooter. Yeah. Actually, yeah. one of my fun, funniest memories from matchrooms is I'm like, I was like terrible at starts. Like, I could not get a whole shot to save my life. Knowing this, uh, when I raced some matchrooms on a big wheel 85, I went on the inside gate. So I went off, 50 second ball goes up, did a start, get off out the start straight. And I'm like, fucking hell, there's no one around. Looked to the side, like a little quick little glance, couldn't see anyone. And I was like, fuck me. I'm going to get a whole shot. Who the fuck would have thought? Get to the first corner and there's a guy just stood there telling me to stop. I look behind. I, I, my gate was the only one that dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. But I went into the first corner with some bloody aggression, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Still a whole shot. Yeah. Not you, my fault. You would have took the win. I didn't make the gates not drop, did I? No. I'm not sure why mine dropped. Hey, only. Opportunist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cold enough would be proud. Yeah, he would. Uh, tomorrow. Yes. Isle of Wight Gallery. Okay. So that's what we've got to look forward to. Interesting that I posted a Matchams gallery on MX Vice, and then two hours later, another website seemed to randomly decide to post Isle of Wight photos. Wow. I mean, it's not a good website, but still, it's like brilliant. Just, how about you just like, yeah. walk in my footsteps? Yeah. yeah. There is, um, there does seem to be a, a, a lot of people what kind of look to what we do in, in... There's one person in particular who literally would just copy whatever I do. Yeah. Quiz, copy. Poll, copy. Take a shit. Yeah. Don't know. Oh well. Cool. Right, I think that's it. We're done. I like this show. Do you? Yeah, I didn't think there was much going to be. Well, much actually, to talk about. I thought I was retiring last week, and I'm back. So I don't know what happened there. Oh, yeah, I, like I forgot about it. I like this show. Do you also want to announce something else before we go? If I forgot something, Jason Thomas. Oh yeah. So this is cool. So as you know, we sold the business, and since uh, sorry, we didn't. We sold the business, bought it back. Since we bought the business back, then things have really exploded. Like. Uh, Maybe people weren't happy with who we sold it to and stuff like that, but the brands now which are coming on board, you know, is just freaking awesome. Um, we've got lots of cool new ideas um, happening. We've just started doing some stuff on the website for the first time in two years. Good, good times. And then we've got another great announcement. So uh, Jason Thomas is going to be providing a weekly column for us. 
and talking about all the different stuff, industry, results, everything else. So he's going to be joining um, Steve Mathis from Pulpamex. Hold up. What? You know, I said this website was copying me. Yeah. They've literally just done it again. The team list we were talking about has literally been copy and pasted. Oh, wow. Like, literally, I can even, I can, I bet if I copy and paste it off their website and get the code, it'll be MXI's code. What is wrong with people? Oh, I don't know. I actually can't believe that. Is that, and it is actually, I can't believe that. But yeah, good news. Jason Thomas is on board. So we're really, uh, we're really pleased and proud that he, he, he wants to actually write for us. So fantastic. So hopefully um, his new column will be up this week. So look out for that one. Yep. That's it. Thanks to Rob in the studio for making us sound great. And um, thanks to you for hosting. And thanks for you for being an absolute dick. I actually haven't been much of a dick. I've actually haven't been to a dick. I haven't. You, you, actually, you haven't been to a dick. I haven't actually been. <laughs> I actually haven't been much of a dick to you at all today. Have you got a cock on your mind? I actually haven't been much of a dick to you at all today, have I? No. I can't think of one thing I've said to you. No, you're just a bit arsey to start off with. That's because you made me wait like two hours. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I was ready I'm to start such the a prima donna. I'd like to say thank you, you to everyone for the okay. support of the podcast. Okay, yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for sticking by MXY. Yeah, but just please keep doing it. Yeah, thank you. See you next week. The MXY Show. Talent Wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.